One day my phone rings and it's Dominic Chance, the tattoo from Rockaway. He says, I'm down here in Rockaway, I see you. You got a sign in your window for tattoo, call this number. What's going on? So I told him what had happened. He says, what are you going to do with the place? I said, nothing, it's all paid for for the year. He says, can I have it? I said, yeah, I'll meet you down there. I gave him the key. He said, thanks a lot. I said, you're welcome. Meanwhile, Tony the pilot was in touch with me. He said, at the shop down by the Brooklyn Navy Yard was for rent. Would I be interested in, in going down there? And I thought, well, I don't think my parole officer would have too much of a gripe if I was tattooing sailors. So I went down there, found out the rent, seen the landlord, rented that, and I had a little tattoo shop going. I told me the pilot and I would take turns working it. That was great. At the end of the summer, my phone rings one day. It's Dominic Chance again. Says the summer's over. He's done with Rockaway. <laughs> he's down in Manhattan, and he's found a place on 8th Avenue, right by Madison Square Garden. He said, for rent. He said, would I be interested in going partners and opening up a tattoo shop in Manhattan? I said, yeah, that sounds great. I only had a short time left on my parole by now, and I thought I'd just stall around a little bit, and I'll be fine. Yeah. So I met Dominic down there. We rented the place, and the place was very expensive. I'm going to take a guess. I don't remember the exact rent. <coughs> but I'm going to say $800 a month where you were paying $400 per year's rent in the amusement park areas. Down the valley in the barbershop, no rents to pay. $800 a month rent. Wow, that's a big nut. But we took it. It was a crowded street. It was a very unusual street. On that street was a Japanese glass blower, a bar with hookers in it, a gypsy fortune teller, a chilly place. It was just an exciting street. So a tattoo shop would fit in there perfectly. We had a sign painter come and paint a few signs for us. We put signs in the window. We put a big sign in the door. Opened such and such a date, giving us two weeks to fix up the place. Actually, we didn't need that time. All we did was sweep the floor some pack our flash up on the wall, set up a little little bench in between where both of us would work, and four chairs, two on each side of this little bench. And we both worked off the same bench. We didn't even have a railing to keep the people from leaning on us. We had a little chain we, we hooked up there to give us a little bit of breathing room. And we hung the sign open in, in two weeks, such and such a day. And we went out drinking and touring the town of Manhattan. We were on 48th Street and 8th Avenue. On 45th Street and 7th Avenue was a place called the Peppermint Lounge, where Joey D 
a very famous singer for singing a new songs that were coming out about the twist, a new dance. It was Joey D in the Peppermint Lounge singing the Peppermint Twist. And oh boy, that was a great place. We were drinking there every day. But when the time came for us to open, we went to our tattoo shop. There were people waiting there to be tattooed. We started tattooing and we didn't stop all day, all night. At the end of the night, we closed up, locked the doors, pulled down the shade. I was working almost in the window. And we counted the money that we were put, putting in the cigar box in between us. And I don't know what we did, but we did something like three or four hundred dollars opening day. Dominic, much older man than me, said, hey kid, I think we got a gold mine here. Put your order in for a Cadillac. We're going to be fine here. Well, here I am, about to be begin my stories of Manhattan, where I spent two years with Dominic Chance. And I realized I haven't mentioned the Bowery. That was a big part of my life. So I'm going to take a minute, go back to the Bowery, and then come back to Manhattan, where I spent two years. The Bowery was loaded with tattoo artists at one time, just before I came into the picture. But I heard so many stories, and I had visited the Bowery and Charlie Wagner once with Brooklyn Blackie, and I seen, seen signs saying tattooing along the Bowery. So my parole officer and the ink company, Fernandy and Sparrow, wasn't very far from the Bowery. So one day in visiting my parole officer, which I had to do about every two weeks, I decided I'd go to the Bowery and get birds tattooed on my chest. So now I'm going to tell you the story of my first meeting with the Moskowitz brothers, Stanley and Walter. Stanley and Walter working in, in the back of a barber shop on number four Bowery. The barbershop was owned by their father, Willie, who was also a tattoo artist. I walked past the, the tattoo shop. There was no sign, but in the window was an old sheet of flash. It was all yellow and curved up in the corners. But I said, ha-ha, here's a tattoo shop. I stood there and looked at the, the designs in the window and continued walking to see out what else I could find. I went down a small alleyway through Chinatown and came back out right at number four Bowery again. This time Walter was standing in the doorway with his arms crossed. He looked me up and down. He smiled. I smiled back and kept walking. I went down a different little alleyway. Where did I come out at number four Bowery? I don't know whether these guys arranged it that way or it was a coincidence. But there was Walter standing there smiling. He said, you looking for the tattoo shop? I said, yeah. He said, this is it. Come on in. So I went in and, and I followed Walter past the barber chairs, large barber shop, to the back of the barber shop where there was a petition to off the little place, where there was a little tattoo shop and they had their design sheets hanging there. And I looked at the design sheet right in front of me, 
and there were two little bluebirds on the on the design sheet, just what I was looking for. They had a little price tag next to them saying $2.50. I said to Walter, I'd like to get two of these birds tattooed on my chest. Walter said, okay, have a seat here. I asked Walter if it would hurt. He looked at my arms, but then I was quite a few tattoos on my arms. I was starting to get filled up because in my experience in Coney Island and Rockaway, I had the Greco brothers tattooed me. Tony the pirate tattooed me. Everybody was tattooing me. So I was pretty well filled up on my arms. And Walter said to me, you know what it feels like. You've got plenty of tattoos. And I said, okay. I said, I heard the chest hurt. He says, you know what it feels like. Sit down. And he put the birds on my chest. And it hurt a little more, I thought, on the chest and the arms. But I was a tough guy. I could take it. When he got done, he showed me a mirror. I looked in the mirror, and the one bird on the one side, the wing went sort of up over the nipple. On the other side, the wing sort of went down under the nipple. So I said to Walter, how come this wing is up and this wing is down? He looked at me and he gave me a little smack on the head and he said, that's a boy bird and that's a girl bird. What's the matter with you? Don't you know anything? I said, oh, okay. <laughs> so I hand him a $10 bill. He folds it up and sticks it in his little, little he wore like a barber's, barber's jacket, little coat type thing. He stuck it in the pocket and said, thanks. I said, Where's my change? I'm going to give you a tip, but where's my change? They said, there is no change. I said, the price sticker on the bird says $2.50. He said, you got two of them. I said, yeah, so that's $5. And he leaned over and gave me another little smack in the head and said, everything is double on the chest. You should know that. I was starting to get a little angry at him tapping me in the head like that. And I started to raise my voice, and from around the petition came his brother Stanley. Walter was the same age as I was. His brother Stanley was four years older. Stanley had a hammer in one hand and a straight razor in the other hand. Stanley looked at me and said, you giving my brother a hard time? I took one look at Stanley and said, no. Everything is fine. I turned and looked and stared down Walter and said, you keep the change. See you guys. And off I went. That was my first meeting with Stanley and Walter. I came back to visit with them many, many times. Now let me explain and describe what the Bowery was. The Bowery was Skid Row, where men who had given up on life down in their luck, just decided to hell with everything, and they went to the Bowery to live. You could get a rooming house, a room, a flop house, they called it, for 10 cents, 15 cents, you got a bed, a, a little mattress to lay on, and a blanket. It kept you in out of the cold in the winter. It was bar after bar after bar. In these bars, 
beers for five cents. A shot and a beer for 15 cents. You got a shot of whiskey and a, and a mug of beer for 15 cents. You didn't need to work. You could stand on the corner and bum enough money to get through the day. In these bars where, where the drinks were very reasonable cheap, they had three little sandwiches on the bars, three hard-boiled eggs, all kinds of snacks. You could eat, eat in there, drink in there, go outside, tap up somebody for, hey, you got a few little change, and back in the bar you could go. You didn't need to work. But it was a scary place for a 15, 60-year-old kid walking around. After many visits with Stanley and Walter and getting to know them pretty good, they then accepted me that I was working with Brooklyn Blackie. To learn anything about tattooing and information was almost impossible. It was a very well-kept secret. If it wasn't for Matt Self taking me under his wing and showing me and selling me my first tattoo equipment, I probably would have spent the rest of my life in a life of crime and gone to prison. So I was very grateful to Max and Blackie for helping me. Now I'm trying to learn what I could from Stanley and Walter was, was next to impossible. They seemed to be my friend and they confided in me a little. I used to ask Stanley, where do you get your needles? Where do you get your color from? Oh, all Stanley would say, oh, my father, he, he had trunks full of it. He said, I don't know where you get it. He said, I got trunks full of it. One day, in Fernandy and Sparrow, the ink company, I'm in there buying a little bit of powdered color, and who comes in to buy some powdered color but Stanley? I took one look at Stanley and started to laugh. We laughed. We went out and had a drink together. Sammy and me remained friends till this day. 